0: Welcome to something new here at Mayor's Manor, our very first podcast. Ordinarily, our interviews are presented in text. However, some voices are so distinct, you simply have to hear them. He's one of the most popular players in recent Kings history, if not all time. And during eight-plus seasons in Los Angeles, Ian LaPerriere formed a special bond with the fans. So it's an honor and a privilege to have him as our first guest on the Mayor's Manor podcast. Let's welcome in Lappy and see what he has to say. Ian, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. You're welcome. Now fans around the league are concerned with your health. Can you give everybody a quick update on what's going on? We know you're out with the concussion, but where do things stand?
1: You know, uh, with with my injury, you know, was my concussion, but I really do think like uh, my eye is the biggest problem right now. I, have, I had a couple doctors said that I damaged a nerve in my right eye, which when I took the puck to the face, that that was the. I think that's my biggest issue right now, and um, and when I'm out there with the lights and all the movement around me, it, it's kind of. I, I kind of uh, irritate my my head if you want, and I, I just don't feel right.
0: So, is it a situation where you you meet with the doctors, you know, weekly, or or is it just kind of on an as needed basis?
1: Uh it's all. It's pretty much uh, like I, m- I met with the doctors a couple months ago, and now I'm, I'm just waiting to feel a little bit better. There's no point for me to fly to Pittsburgh, and uh, if I don't feel, you know, if I feel the same, you know, if I see a little bit of improvement, which I do, though, know, like uh I don't have any headaches anymore which is great and today it's with my kids on the ice for the first time. Uh, well the first time was that Maddies thing the other night but uh, uh I went out there today with shooting pucks and everything. I felt I felt okay, you know, better than I thought and uh but right now it's just a matter of um, you know, I promised myself and I promised my family that I was I was gonna go back, you know, when I'm a hundred percent and if I can get back a hundred percent I won't go back. And you know, it's uh, sad but on the other hand I gotta be smart about it and uh you know, I'm, I'm going to be 37 years old soon, and I just don't want to, you know, I don't want to be selfish and uh, really hurt myself if I get hit again, if I'm not
0: 100%. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there there are a lot of fans out there that would love to see you on the ice again, but everybody, I'm sure, understands that putting your family first is, is the most important thing at this point.
1: Yeah, that's that's what it is right now. And, and it wouldn't be like, you know, what, what's the point of me going back if I can... If I can hit, if I can fight, you know, I'd love to be a 50 goal scorer, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I can change that. It's too late for now. You know, it's, uh, it's a matter if I do come back at being myself, being the player I was before by the injury, and, uh, that's my goal. You know, I wouldn't go out there just to, to take somebody's spot that, I, because, you know, because I got more experience or whatever, and I, I still can't do my job. You know, if I do come back, I
0: want to be 100% and be the
1: player I was
0: absolutely now let's go back to the beginning of your career you were drafted by st louis and, and you played about two half seasons there before you were traded to the rangers and you only played 28 games there before they traded you to la at that point were you starting to worry that maybe you weren't being given the opportunity to show what you could do
1: yeah you know it's uh you're always worried you know my first year in st louis was uh special with mike keenan you know it's kind of uh mike is mike you know it kind of make me feel uh not that great all the time, but uh, when he traded me, it kind of uh, caught me by surprise. And I, I went to the Rangers, and um, there I wasn't playing much. And I was worried. I think I was more worried when I played for the Rangers because I was dressed every night. But Kong Campbell didn't play me that much. He was sitting me on the bench all, all the time. And um, and I was, you know, when that move going from the Rangers to LA, that's where I was, uh, I was the happiest. And you know, I was happy. I knew LA was rebuilding. I knew Larry Robinson was a, a good man and he gave me my chance and uh, I was with lucky at the time with the Rangers and he told me, like, you know, just be yourself when you go to L.A. Just, be, you know, just uh, have fun, like, you, you know, just have fun, play hockey and uh, Larry's going to give you a chance and uh, fair enough, you know, that was the best move of my career. That's what, you know, that's why L.A. has got a special place in my heart because that's where I became a professional hockey player. That was in Los Angeles.
0: Now, talk about that first week or so when you arrived in L.A. Uh, you, you came to the Kings during a pretty volatile time period. There was a fire sale going on uh, following the Gretzky trade to St. Louis, and ownership with uh, Bruce McNall was going through some financial troubles. What was the mood in the locker room like when you first arrived there in L.A.?
1: You know what? I, I don't think all the, you know, we, a couple guys came from everywhere. I know Craig Johnson, Bolpath, everybody came from, uh, from St. Louis. That came from New York. We're all young guys, and. Uh, we didn't really care about the, the deals were happening off the ice you know what we cared is to play and I had a chance to play and we did let's be honest we had brutal teams but at least we had a chance to uh to play and improve ourselves as individuals and uh we didn't worry too much about what was going on off the ice it was just a, a great place the first week i was there i was just happy i was in the you know just to be in la i've never been there before and i was like uh you know, it's a special place, you know, the Central is special, and uh, just uh, had a great first week, I guess.
0: Now, when you were in town recently to honor uh, Maddie Nordstrom, who obviously you played a lot of years with in L.A., h- however, he was he was also part of that Ranger deal that we mentioned a moment ago, and how well did you know Maddie when the two of you were first traded to L.A., having only spent, you know, 20-odd games with him in New York?
1: Yeah, I knew him being a, a teammate. You know, like you said, only 28 games ago, you don't have a chance to know uh, a teammate that much, you know I, I knew that you know he was a hard worker and um he, he's one of the guy i noticed when i got traded to the, the rangers because that first game i got traded to the rangers i was watching the game from the from the the stands because i just get traded that, that day and i noticed maddie i was like how oh, well he was uh, a skater, he was and uh all oh, he was competing and uh that's one thing that uh, you know i kind of noticed the most about him and but uh, in the locker room we weren't you know really uh close or anything like that we got to you know, closer when we played together in LA because we we were you know more important to the team than we were with the Rangers.
0: Now, before we move on, what's your funniest story that you could share with uh, having to do with Matty Nordstrom?
1: I don't know. There's nothing <laughs> funny about Maddie. He's you all know, serious. He's business. It's like the other night. I'm like, put a smile on your face, buddy. People are cheering for you. Just you know. And he's just uh, you know he's a he is a warrior. You know he's a he's a Viking and. But I don't have any uh, nothing crazy about Maddie. You know, he's not uh, he's not the kind of I'm sure a bunch of people have funny stories about me because of my English. But uh, there's
0: not too many stories about Maddie's uh, language, I guess, or anything else. All right, we'll get to some funny stuff later. Then now, now you were in LA from '96 to 2004, which pretty much means that about half your time was spent at the the old Forum and the other half was spent at Staples Center. What's your favorite moment at the old Forum in in Inglewood?
1: I don't know. It was, I, I, I you know what, I like the Forum. It was, uh, you know, smaller buildings, and now with the big buildings, it's uh, you're a little bit further from the crowd. And, you know, I know they try their best to to get the, the, the fans closer to you like it was before, but it's hard, you know. But the, uh, the Forum was a special place, and um, I got great memories there. And the Staple came, uh, it's funny, I was telling Kim LaWiki when I was up in L.A., I remember when we were there for the first uh the first sort of shovel uh, ceremony, and there was nothing. It was only dirt everywhere, and uh, now it's that big complex around it. And what they what Mr. Uh, Andrews promised, you know, he he did promise a great downtown, and that's what it is now. And uh, Staples' memories, I, I really do think, like when we came back from um, when we beat Detroit, we came back from behind. It was a uh, it was a special uh, special moment for everybody on our team.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that's actually a great transition. My next question was, you know, everybody likes to talk about the Kings upsetting the Red Wings, however, you guys were playing pretty well against Colorado in the second round, too. H- how disappointing was it to get that series to seven games and then come up short there in Denver?
1: Yeah, that was very disappointing, actually, because, you know, they, they went on and they won the Cup, and uh, we, I really thought that we had the team to win it that year, you know, and if you look at the roster at the time with was uh, unbelievable. we had a bunch of injuries, so we had a bunch of guys injured, and... Uh, Allison was injured too and he played and I really really do think that at the end of the day it kind of hurt us
0: Now a few years later you left LA signing that free agent contract with Colorado and at the time there were some people that were saying that you were down on the Kings organization and that perhaps you even vowed that you'd never play for them again Is any of that true and if so why were you so angry with the team at the time?
1: I wasn't angry at the team at all. Like no. you know, I was I was disappointed. You know, like uh, they didn't come up with uh, with the offer that I was looking for. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, I had a better offer. I had to think about my family. But I never said I would never come back. You know, I was gonna yeah, tell you the truth. I was disappointed a year, uh, two years ago, when I became again. I became free agent, and the Kings never called. That, that was uh, I was not expecting, but I was hoping the that they'd call, and they never did. But uh, you know what? I get. No regret, it made me, you know, to play for a couple teams, it made me the person I am and the player I am, and um, I don't have any regrets, you know, for sure I would have loved to finish my career in LA, you know, that's where I spent most of it, and I had a great time there, I still have great friends there, but again, it's it's part of business, and I understand where they were coming from, but uh, I sure hope that everybody understood where I was coming from too.
0: Yeah, now, now that answer is interesting because here in Los Angeles two summers ago it was reported that Dean Lombardi had either spoken with you or spoken with your agent about possibly bringing you back to LA and that uh they just weren't willing to give you the number of years that that Philadelphia was so so that's not true the no, king, the Kings never contacted that's you That's true
1: hmm. No they never they never called
0: they huh.
1: you know I'm not
0: uh I don't
1: want to say anything here, but they they, they never called and they had uh five teams calling and they weren't part of it
0: Okay. Yeah, I don't think we're starting anything. I think it's water under the bridge, and you're still obviously. uh, Yeah, it is. You know
1: what? I I was happy to see everybody the other day. We had a great time, and uh, that's pretty much it.
0: Absolutely. Now, now, before we move on, I was hoping that you would tell our listeners the story that you've told me about your first game back to L.A. as a member of the Avs Can can you share that story with everybody?
1: Uh, Oh, your story? Yes, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, me and uh, Blake. You know, my first game coming back from you know we're coming back from a lockout and and all of a sudden that uh, warning me about you he's like you know you gotta be careful you know you're gonna hear that guy he's gonna scream at you he's been screaming at me since i'm coming back and and i'm you know i'm all nervous you know he told me that like a day or two before and i'm like and we're in the locker room before the game i'm nervous i'm like you're gonna scream at me like you know no nobody else is it uh like i said i'm pretty nervous and breaky goes out before me and uh you're screaming at him, Blakey, overpaid, blah, blah, blah. You know, you left for money. And I'm, I'm right, I'm two days behind him. I'm nervous. And all of a sudden, you're like, happy we miss you. I'm like, <laughs> trust me, I kind of give it to Blakey coming back in the locker room. I told him, I'm like, you see, Blakey, they still miss me, but uh, you're overpaid. <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's kind of funny. The other night, we are uh, we're talking about that story right before I saw you. That's good. That was uh, kind of
0: funny. And I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, it's a great story, and we certainly do. Yeah, we it certainly, is, we, I certainly think it's funny. we certainly did miss you, and still do miss you in Los Angeles. A um, couple more questions right. here for you. In, in April 2009, you played in your 1,000th NHL game. How, how special was it to achieve that number, and, and where does it rank to you personally in your list of accomplishments?
1: Yeah, it makes uh, you know it's something like me. Like uh, I don't, I don't have any numbers or anything, but that's one number that uh, nobody can fact take away from uh, from me pretty much you know i played the that shows that i played a long time and um i'm proud of it you know it's a lot of games and uh it's uh, it's a lot of work off the ice and uh, it's a lot of summers of working out and taking care of myself and uh that's why i'm you know i'm proud of that thousand game and you know the only thing that kind of uh it's, it's missing it's my dad saying that you know it's uh he's a big part of what i did in my career and uh unfortunately he passed a couple of years ago and uh, that, that was the only thing missing about that thousand games. but other than that you know everything was great and uh, I'm proud of
0: it. Back in May, the hockey News said that you were the toughest guy in the NHL. Uh, when all is said and done at some point in your career, is, is that how you want to be remembered or is it something different?
1: No, that's not bad to be remembered like that. you know I take pride of, you know I take pride of um, our playing through a lot and uh, playing a tough way. And they recognize that. It's kind of neat. you know, it's funny they kind of recognize that before uh, before I got hit in the eye. You know, and that, all that was uh, pretty much because it, because I got hit earlier in November in the face, and I I came back the same game after a hundred stitches, and that's pretty much why they they give me that uh, that award. Uh, couple uh, couple weeks uh, before they came out with that, I got hit again in the face, and this one kid, kid, uh kept uh, did a little bit more damage.
0: <laughs> now. Over the course of your career, I'm sure fans have given you many things. What's the strangest thing a fan has ever presented you with?
1: Oh, I don't know. Strangest thing. I don't know. You know what? Uh, I don't have that many strange things that people give me. They give me a lot of things, more than they should. I do have a lot of presents for my kids and a lot of presents for myself. That You know, it's, it's very nice. I really appreciate that, but uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. What cracks me up? It's when people come up and they say that they named their animals after after my nickname. It's kind of it's kind of funny. There's a bunch of lappies and uh, you know dogs, lappy dogs and lappy cats out there, which it cracks me up every time somebody come up to me with that.
0: Now, during your final year in LA, a young Dustin Brown was just getting his feet wet in the NHL. Can you talk a little bit about the player he is today versus who he was back then?
1: Ah, uh, uh, he was a great kid. He's still a good kid. I had a chance to talk to him a little bit in LA and, uh, I'm just glad he didn't change because he's a successful, uh, successful player now. Last year he was, uh, he was great at the Olympics. I think he was one of the best US player there. And I told him that the other day and, uh, I'm just happy you know, with today's money and with today's uh, fame and everything, you always worry. It doesn't matter how good the kid is. You always worry, oh, are they going to handle things? But uh, Brownie has been uh, still the same kid as he was. Uh, he still has his baby fat on him, you know? <laughs> and uh, he still acts like he act when he was uh, 20 or uh, 19 with us, which is is refreshing and it's great to see.
0: Sure. So for our our final two segments here, Uh, On Mayor's Manor, we like to do a thing called word association, and then we do something called high-low. Let's play high-low first. Can you give us the three highs of your career so far and the three lows of your career?
1: Uh, Stanley Cup Finals, that's for sure. Last year, um, three highs. Well, you know, Detroit, we came back against Detroit, and, uh, well, my first NHL game. You know, you never forget that one, and uh, that was special. My three lows. Well, for sure that puck I took to face last year, you know, I'm still suffering from it, and that might might end my career. That that's gonna be your lowest point. But um, uh, you know, leaving LA probably the second lowest point. I, I thought I was gonna be there forever, but that's not the way the business is. And um, uh, well, leaving Colorado too, I had a great time there. I appreciate my moments there, my four years there, and. Uh, uh, I thought it would stay there too but <laughs> that's not the way it is but uh, yeah just leaving you know I'm a kind of guy I'm an emotional guy I play a game emotionally and that's because I'm uh, that's the way I am as a human being and I get attached to I know it's a business I know I'm not stupid but I know uh, but I get attached to places I play for and I'm very loyal in that regard and um, when I get moved or when they don't want you again it's kind of it kind of hurt, uh, it hurts me and but again that's that's why I play the way I play, and that's why um you know I take that to the heart
0: and I think that's why uh fans love you everywhere that you've played as well Ma, thanks so our, our our final segment word association i'll I'll name some people that uh, have been part of your career specifically with the kings, and you just tell me the first thing whether it's a word or a phrase, the first thing that comes to mind when i when I say the name okay okay, all right Andy Murray <laughs> Oh boy, um,
1: <laughs> I can't say that, um, Andy Murray, one of the reason I left, <laughs> can I say that, oh whatever, <laughs> that's going to start stuff, but hey, here we go, okay, next question.
0: Uh, well, this one might be easier for you than Luke Robitaille.
1: Oh, best guy ever, great guy, great teammate, and, uh, be- you know, great friend, and, uh, He's, uh you know you meet a lot of good people in 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 your career, but it's just uh you you know you know we there's so many people and there's so many people you meet, but there's few that you stay in in touch and you really call friends and luckys right up there
0: maddie Nordstrom. warrior you Rob. Know,
1: warrior this guy this guy i know everybody a nickname in that but he's the ultimate warrior he'll do anything play through anything. And uh, great teammate, great guy, great friend, and I'm happy that I had a chance to play uh, so many years with him. Rob Blake, great captain, great captain. Doesn't say uh, much, but lead by example. And uh, please, at least stop bullying him. He's uh, he's a great he's a great guy. You know, it's uh, what's in the past. In the past, you should look forward. He's he's just a great guy, and he did so much on and off the ice for the Kings. Like uh, uh, people don't realize, or they forget really fast, how much he did off the ice and on the ice. Everybody knows, you know, stats wise but off the ice, what he did for the community in Los Angeles, helping that team become what they are today, he's got a big uh, footprint on that. And people should remember that.
0: Yeah, a little little side note on that. It sh- it sure seemed to me like the other night the healing has has, has begun. Uh, yeah. And and hopefully, you know, we'll see where it goes in, in the future.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. You know, I was happy when people cheered him. I was right next to him and I'm sure he was nervous about that. You know, it's never fun to get booed, especially when you did you give so much to an organization and you know, you he made it home. That's where he is and uh I'm happy that people cheer him on.
0: All right, moving on here, Sean O'Donnell.
1: Great guy. You know, that's uh me not playing right now and you know, it's, that's what hurts me not having a chance to You know, we're sitting next to each other in the practice ring and not having a chance to spend time with him again and like we did in L.A. and just uh, play uh, right now. It's uh, one of the reasons why it kind of drives me nuts not being able to to play right now.
0: Kelly Buckberger.
1: You know, good leader, good example. You know, you do anything. It's, you know, over a career, you take a little bit of every player you play with. Oh, Bucky, you know, he's got... uh, a huge set of, you know what, and you block anything, and, you know, I can say it It took a little bit of his um, guts out of of watching Bucky play.
0: Eric Belanger. (laughs) Uh,
1: My project, my project in L.A., pretty much, you know, he's a good kid, I like him a lot, he's, uh, I, um, you know, he stayed in my house, he was one of my, he was like one of my kids I tried to help him out starting his career and he became a hell of a player and, um, I, you know, I feel like I had a little thing, you know, a little bit to do with that. Not a lot, but just a little bit.
0: Adam Dedmarsh.
1: Great leader. Unfortunately, his career was cut really short and, uh, it's too bad because that guy was unbelievable. The ultimate, uh, power forward. He played, uh, played great, scored huge goals. He was always there, always all, 100% all out and, uh, and hopefully, I'll be successful at the coaching uh, career he's uh, he's doing right now.
0: Stu Grimson,
1: best roommate ever. Uh, he was my roommate, and he teach me a lot about uh, the ethic of being uh, a good tough guy. And uh, I get a lot of respect for a really, really smart guy in the game. And uh, he, uh, you know, I'm just glad I crossed paths with him. He's uh, he's a very intelligent person and a really uh, effective player at his role.
0: Alexander Froloff.
1: <laughs> great, great kid, just uh always a smile on his face, always um you know, always uh positive about everything. That's why sometimes he comes across like he doesn't care as much as the other guy because he always smiles and always walk around like nothing bugs him but the, he really cares and uh you know I hope he's gonna do well in New York.
0: Alright, Lappy, last one here. Sean Avery. <laughs>
1: Uh, worst teammate I played with, uh, by far, by far, 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 you know, I've met a lot of good people in my career and I've met a few bad ones and he's on top of my list. And it's not even before, it's not even for what he does on the ice, it's everything else what he brings in the locker room. I'm not a fan, everybody knows, I've never been a fan, never will be a fan
0: and, um, that's it. Lappy, I appreciate the candid comments. This was a a great conversation. Really appreciate your time. Get well soon. We're all pulling for you, and I look forward to speaking with you again down the road.
1: That'd be great.
0: There you have it. Thanks again to Lappy for making his inaugural visit into Mayor's Manor. We'll be sure to keep an eye on how things progress with him over the coming months. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Remember to keep up to date on the Kings throughout the season by reading mayorsmanor.com, and you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We'll leave you with a little trivia question has played in 19 games against the Kings. How many goals does he have in those 19 games? We'll post the answer later this week on the website. That's it. You've reached the end.